just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to beat the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, presented by Maker's Mark, I think. I am Jacob Krasno alongside Sean Haspel. Allison is not with us uh, physically or digitally, but she haunts the pod. I have some notes she would like to pass on as we get into our discussion. Um, some things have happened since we last spoke. Uh, pretty big Saints news. Um, you know, Breeze threatened to come back with his noodle arm. The Saints signed uh, Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry, and the schedule came out. So lots to discuss. Uh, briefly, we can address the Breeze tweet. Um, it was rumored. Um, was it over the weekend? It was a couple days ago that he was out after one year as an analyst at NBC and um, he quickly debunked that on social media with this like rambling tweet about how he was undecided what he might do. And one of the things he listed was uh, that he might play football again, which was just the latest in a series of many like stupid things Breeze has done off the field. I mean, obviously we love him. He's the greatest player in Saints history. And uh, we'll probably never be unseated. Uh, yeah, not really cool of him to, like, threaten to come back. It's, like, unfair to the fans. It's unfair to Jameis. It's kind of a non-story. And he's fucking washed anyway. So it was it was a weird thing. It was a weird thing to say. Sean, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, like, really put any credence into it. I think it was just Drew being salty that uh, basically the news leaked that he was more or less fired from NBC. And uh, I think he was trying to pull a Kendall Roy and control the narrative. But uh, I mean, yeah, Drew Brees has probably never been fired from anything in his entire life. And uh, he's definitely like a a sicko who doesn't take Are you a sicko? Yes, exactly. He doesn't take kindly uh, to failing at anything. So, uh, super. So, it absolutely, you can guarantee that it grinds his gears that uh, he was not successful in his foray into sports broadcasting so far. And um, I don't think he's going to be out of the industry per se. I think, like, it might be rumored he might go to Fox. Maybe he links up with Sean Payton potentially. So that would be kind of crazy. But um, I would much rather ship Breeze and and Payton as like premium game broadcasting team over like the dog shit that is um, uh, Aikman and and um, Joe Buck. Joe Buck. I couldn't even remember his name. Yeah. Joe Buck is he's he's the worst. He's the oh. worst 
football announcer I think I've ever heard. And uh, I've said it on the pod before. I'll say it again. He's oh, incredibly lazy. Makes a lot of money doing it. So hats off to him. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think Drew Brees is even like seriously considering trying to make a comeback. I mean, like I think it was Edwarder said, like he's his arm is like currently in a sling. He like just had shoulder surgery, even if it wasn't like washed, which I'm sure we all remember how the 2020 season ended. So um, yeah, I think that was just Drew just kind of like venting a little bit on social media and trying to like stir the pot a little bit. He's, he's seen how Brady likes to do that too. So I'm sure he got a little jealous and was uh, dabbling in the, the troll space himself. So, but uh, yeah, it's like a total non-story. And uh, I mean, but you know, saints, saints fan bases, they'll, uh, they're like cats with a laser pointer sometimes just like chasing any, any little thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's not even worth our time. We've talked about it more than we probably should have. Yeah. Do you think they fired him because he was the only one who picked the saints to beat the bucks? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe because he made him look bad. No, I just don't think he's like, I mean, for everything we love about drew, he's not like a, fun spontaneous guy he's like kind of robotic and uh <laughs> i mean frankly boring like he's not like a really interesting dude um and like you got to be able to riff when you're the uh the color uh commentary guy and um he's just like not like that at, like as a personality trait so um yeah. it's really not a surprise that apparently his bosses didn't really see a future with him yeah. there. So before, before we move on to more important things, Allison's thoughts on the subject was that it was quote rude. And uh, unless he's secretly been training, you know, he can't throw for more than 15 yards. So yeah, he's washed. Uh, but she did. Uh, and this is the last thing we'll say before we move on. She did say that, it, you know, his next career move should probably be as a coach. Like he, clearly like didn't cut it as like a TV guy. So maybe it's time to assume the role of mentor. Um, I know he, when he was a player, he never really was into that. He was always yeah. about competing. And, you know, if somebody learned from him, it was because they watched him. And I think Jameis definitely like got a lot out of uh, his time with breeze or it seems that way at least. Yeah. But maybe coaching is, is where we see him pop up next. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Um, I, while he might not be like a super entertaining guy uh, for TV audiences, I mean, his obviously his knowledge of X's and O's are like pretty freaking elite. And uh, his, his role as a, as a motivator is certainly um, well documented. Uh, whether he can translate both of those into being a, a teacher or, or basically a coach uh, would be to be determined, but uh, I could, it would be awesome to see him like follow the Zach Streif path and come be basically like an assistant quarterback coach um, under, under our uh, offensive staff uh, in the next couple of years. So we'll, we'll see, but um, I'm sure Drew Brees will be successful in most of his post-playing ventures, as long as he's not trying to buy colored diamonds or, sell Amway or other yeah. likely scams. Stay away from cubic zirconium and uh, film tax credits. 
Oh, God. <laughs> but in the words, you know, if we're going to continue the succession analogy, in the words of... And don't go on God. Yahoo Finance, whatever you do. Yeah. Does anybody even read Yahoo Finance? Um, well, I guess we all did after he said the racist thing. But, um, you know, in the words of Logan Roy, he's ancient. So stay off the field <laughs> and out of our Twitter feed. Um, okay. So the Saints got Jarvis Landry <laughs> for like almost yeah. no money. Bearing the lead incredible. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's awesome. Like, that's an awesome move. Like Jarvis has had injury issues the last couple of years, but and Baker Mayfield issues, by the and way, and Baker Mayfield and and Cleveland Brown issues. Like, but even if he just plays in a couple games and can, you know, score a touchdown here or there, or have like a couple dope catches, like that's really all we need. We don't. Jarvis has the potential to be like a hundred plus catch player, but like we don't really need that from him. Um, we just need Michael Thomas no. support. And like a, a leader in the locker room and a mentor for Chris Olave. So that signing fucking rules. Uh go tigers. Um yeah, like the that combined with the honey badger signing, which I mean everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall, but we predicted it. Um so we're right always, all the time, every time. Um I don't know. To me, it says like Maybe like the competitive reload uh, verbiage that Loomis used was like kind of an understatement. Like they're still trying to win. Like they see this as a competitive roster. Like this is not any sort of rebuild. Like this is, they're going for it. Yeah, we're, we're going for it for sure. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about it on previous pods, but like the NFC South is, is winnable. And um, at the very least, we should be considered a strong favorite to be a wild card team. So, and then like if we're healthy going into the playoffs, like who knows what will happen? Like, well, let's get as far as we can get. But uh, the NFC as a whole is is not that daunting, especially relative to the AFC uh, these days. So, um, go for it. I that's what we as fans want to see like it's not fun to be a fan of a team that's like hoarding draft picks and cap space that's not fun as a as a fan like i don't care it's not my money that's like uh, paying all these salaries that might bump against the the cap like it's some like childless billionaire's money like and who's getting heavily subsidized by the taxpayers of the state of louisiana mind you so um good for gail spend that money and let's like try to win as many it's like a novel idea but like let's try to win as many football games as we can i mean like it, i don't yeah. remember uh um uh, greg rosenthal i think uh is the football writer who said that like really underrated trade of the saints front office is that they actually try to win football games which is like kind of a, a dumb statement, like if you like at a high level, but then when you really think about it, not every NFL team is concerned with with doing that. They're either, uh, like I said, engaged in some like elaborate like building plan, or they're literally just trying to like balance their budgets and make and make money. So um, yeah, like the the Saints know that a full Superdome. Uh, means profits and 
you get a full superdome by putting on a, a good a good football product. So um, let's let's go let's go win some damn games this year. And uh, I mean Jarvis Landry, like you said, I mean one year three million dollars potentially six million dollars if he hits all his incentives. Um, that's a hell of a steal. He's he's had a, a rough couple years with injuries and, and Baker Mayfield, um, but uh, he has is a five time Pro Bowler. Was an eleven hundred yard receiver in twenty nineteen. Like, and we're just asking him to be our wide receiver three. You're going to get an extremely motivated Jarvis Landry. He's hungry to, to rebound and get a new contract um, in his hometown. Uh, and all we're asking for is to be our wide receiver three, work out of the slot while you've got Michael Thomas at the X and Chris Olave at the Z. Like, with Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, like, that's incredible. I, I think, as I, my, my read on it is that our receiver group and like pass catching running backs and tight ends are still a little bit of a question mark, but they're solid. Jameis Winston, he, the ball is in his court. We're going to learn a lot about him this year, but so as long as the offensive line is okay, as long as Cesar Ruiz is average, as long as our left tackle, whether that's James Hurst or Trevor Penning is not like a massive liability and Ram check is doing Ram check things. Aaron McCoy is being solid. Andrews Pete is um, okay. Then, like, we're going to have a pretty damn good offense this year. So, I mean, knock on wood that we, we're healthy. But um, I, I don't know how you can't, can't be we excited. We don't even need – the offense doesn't even really need to be, like, top 10. It just no. needs to be okay. Just, it, as long yeah. as the defense doesn't have some sort of crazy regression. Yes. We just, just need to have an okay – off like we were almost in the playoffs with the worst offense 32nd ranked passing offense in the nfl last year yeah we just need to be in like the top 20 and i think we'll be a playoff team and if we're in the top 10 we're probably winning the division and yeah be a contender Uh, underhill said it in one of his like recent pieces that like i i don't know if any any team has like replace their top three receivers year over year, but the Saints have done it with a former NFL offensive player of the year, a five-time Pro Bowler, and the number eleven pick in the draft. Yeah, so, it's like a classic. Uh, Peyton used to do this all the time. It's there's like a deficiency in one area of the roster, mm-hmm. and then there's an extreme overcorrection. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, who? Yeah, I don't want to hear anything about like having too many mouths to feed. Like right. we need as many weapons as possible yeah. on this offense to help Jameis because mm-hmm. it's put up or shut up time for him. And dare we get greedy and uh, bring in Odell to be a wide receiver three four? Uh, who who can say at this point? I don't know. We'll see. just give him a couple million dollars and uh, let him rehab in New Orleans. And my, if he's my, ready uh, for the sources, playoffs, great. I.e., my mom say uh right so my my mom ran into odell's mom at the grocery store a few days ago and according Which grocery to odell, store was it i i don't remember but uh according to odell's mom he would love to come home but they just have to make the money work so we'll see how true that is but um, wow you heard it here first you heard it here first folks breaking breaking news the breaking news siren if we had a producer you would be going off right now oh and i i did my part to recruit odell 
um, when I ran into him at yes. the Suns game. Tell, us, tell the listener so, about this. Oh, yeah. So this is like, a, I'm not trying to humble brag, but um, uh, yeah, I, I had heard that Odell was going to be um, uh, sitting courtside at, at one of the Suns' uh, playoff games. Um, I think it was like game two of the, the, the Mavericks Suns series a couple weeks ago and uh yeah I, I mean i hadn't seen him since right before he got drafted but uh, i figured i was like hey i'll like try to go say what's up and i had to navigate a few uh of our security guards who were like no no photos no photos and i was like dude i like work here like i know odell they're like oh like no photos no photos like and i was like odell odell he's like oh hey man like what are you doing here like i i work here <laughs> and uh yeah we just chopped it up for a couple minutes at uh at halftime of the game and um uh yeah super super nice guy um i wished him uh, wished him luck in his in his recovery uh, from his knee injury in the Super Bowl. Congratulated him on on winning the Super Bowl. I I just told Odell, I was like, hey man, you and Jarvis, you you got to come home. And he's like, ah, you know, we'll ah, we'll see, we'll see. So uh, I mean, ha- half of that uh, prophecy has been fulfilled. And um, uh, if if Odell decides to uh, pull the trigger and and uh, come home to the black and gold, uh, your boy might have to take a little bit of credit for it. So. Yes, all the credit. You should get a ten percent of his contract. Um, <laughs> Finder's fee. Yeah, we've all had some like interesting run-ins with Odell over the years. I mean, obviously, we went to high school with him, but um, I remember once I saw Odell and Jarvis Landry at F and M's, and this was probably like in twenty thirteen when they were both like sophomores or juniors at LSU and they were both playing really well. And Odell was like, Hey man, this is my friend Jarvis. As if I like, didn't know right. who he was. Um, Al- I wish Allison was here to tell the story. Maybe we'll get her to do it the next time she's on the pod, but she has like a funny story about seeing Odell in New York at, at like a club. <laughs> and she was like, Hey Odell, how are you? And he like remembered her and like said hello. And then he, kind of cut her off mid sentence and said, Hey, I got to go eat this hamburger. And then he like jumped over the banister of like the VIP section and went to eat a hamburger. Hey man, in the middle of a club. Sometimes you got to eat a hamburger. Like no judgments from me. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll never judge anybody for eating a hamburger. That's true. Um, yeah. Um, Saints will never give up, never surrender. Always play to win, and it, like fuck the cap nerds. Like I know that's a common refrain among uh, like Saints fans, but like Bill Barnwell and all these fucking yeah. herpa derps. Like, who cares if your team spends a shit ton of money? Right. Like, at the end of the day, it's it's funny money. It's all like weird accounting. It's they have to spend this money anyway. Right. Like, who gives a shit? Like it's not your money. So who cares if the team spends it irresponsibly? Just get good players on the roster. Yeah. Um, like the Rams, as much as we fucking hate them, um, they proved like draft picks and yes. cap. They don't really matter. And the right. Bucks were the same way too. Like the one year of the day, of course, nobody like uh, criticizes the Bucks for spending quote unquote irresponsibly. Like they won the fucking Super Bowl. Right. Quote unquote won the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Quote one, 
the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the NFL blog boys they they hate the way the Saints uh, use the cap uh, in terms of like free agency and uh, our extensions that we give to players. They hate the way we draft in terms of trading up. And question is, and I, I and I got in like kind of a like uh, Ralph Marlboro and I had like a little like kind of discussion about this on Twitter. But like, at what point do the Saints earn the benefit of the doubt with like the NFL media world? Like, how many years of sustained success do the Saints have to have to for the for folks to be like, oh, you know, like this might not be the way that like conventional wisdom says you should draft, you should um construct your team but like the saints do it differently and like they're they've proven it works for them and like that's okay like do they ever like if you game it out i think literally the we have to win another soul to potentially earn that benefit of the doubt and maybe we still don't even get it but at this point i mean the saints have won more games than just about anyone in the nfl since 2017 but even still they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt so it's it's just something we as as saints fans have to live with unfortunately and i mean hopefully we get the second super bowl and maybe earn some credit finally for uh the way that we've operated for more or less 15 seasons uh, but uh, it's just just a frustrating thing as as someone who's a, a fan of, of football and uh, and the Saints in general. So um, yeah, yeah. What like, are you gonna do? I simultaneously can't stand people that just like for no reason don't like the way we do things. Because um, like, what what did we ever do to piss these people off? Saints fans are fun, and like the team right. is fun. It's always been right. fun and interesting. Yes. Um, but I also like being the outlier right the outcast and i don't know it's part of our identity and yeah i don't know what i would do if like suddenly everybody just like loved us like they love the patriots or whoever brady happens to be playing for right yeah i definitely think our fan base like kind of like the edge that and the pettiness that our fan base i mean people from new orleans are naturally petty but um i think that has also been like amplified by that um perception both both real i mean there's evidence to it but also it's like kind of like become a like taking on a life of its own that the national media hates us the league hates us and the refs hate us and um and we just like, can't like we'll never we never get a break and everything so um but yeah and, and like it's like such a like a double-edged sword because and literally, unless we win the Super Bowl, people will be like, oh, like the Saints lost in the NFC Championship on a fluke play. Like, wow, maybe they should have, like, drafted better. Like, like, like yeah. shut up. But it's just, that's what comes with the territory. I mean, like, literally only I, once. Yeah. Um, Marlboro, Ralph Marlboro was talking about this in one of their pods last week, but people were hating on the saints draft because we traded away a shit ton of picks to get right. to 11 and they were praising like the Ravens who have like 17 draft picks or something. Right. I just, I, I hate, hate, hate 
this philosophy of like trading down and acquiring picks, like that doesn't work. That, that work, like it works just as well as like trading up. Like it, it's all a gamble. Like you never know what you're going to get. And the teams that just have more of these unknowns, like they don't really like hit more than right. the teams that have fewer draft picks. Like the Patriots are the most notorious example of a team that just trades down and has like, 10 to 15 rookies every year in their draft class. But can anybody name a player that was like a part of one of these like huge draft classes? Like probably not. Um, Like Malcolm Butler, I think was an undrafted free agent. Maybe, maybe he was like a late round pick or something, but like they won because of Belichick and Brady. They didn't Mm -hmm. win because they had a million fucking draft picks every year. None of those players ever panned out. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, there's, there's no logic behind that, that line of thought. Right. So, yeah, it's, you just kind of have to accept that, like, this generation of the Saints will basically never be the darlings of NFL media or like whoever. And you just have to like accept that and, and drive yeah. off of it. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the other big piece of news. And that is the schedule the schedule. Um, yeah. You know, there's not like, well, what can we really like determine um, from looking at the schedule so far in advance other than, um, you know, which, there are stretches of games for sure that are important just because it's a bunch of divisional or NFC opponents in a row. Yeah. And like in the playoff hunt, that will end up mattering. Like the first, the first three weeks are really important because you have the Falcons, the Bucks and the Panthers um, all in a row. So like you need to win at least two of those games or uh, there's going to be like interdivisional chaos early on. Um. But I wanted to pose, I mean, we'll, you know, obviously I'd like to hear your just general thoughts on the schedule, but um, I'd love to have a more fun discussion about <laughs> what what games might be fun to go to and what games won't be fun to go to. But uh, what are just your general thoughts first? Yeah, I mean, these schedule conversations, I feel like they can also always be like a little premature because – like half the teams that we think are going to be great end up being shitty. Half the teams that we think are right, right. shitty end up being good. Um, I, I I will say that like I, I don't remember who tweeted it out, but someone did a study of teams um, that ranked all the NFL teams in terms of uh, rest advantage or disadvantage in all the games that they play, and unfortunately, the Saints are towards the bottom of like the rest discrepancies. So um, on at like on average throughout uh, our, our schedule. So um, I mean, that's a combination of like literally like miles traveled versus like your opponent and like uh, short weeks versus not in, in the aggregate. Um, that could be something that we're going to be struggling with this year. Um, I don't think we're doomed because of it, but definitely a factor. Uh, I, I know there's been a lot of talk made that we don't have uh, a buy after our London trip. So um, we'll be coming back from London straight to New Orleans to play the Seahawks after playing the Vikings over there. 
and and uh apparent like there was a lot of like angst about that but apparently uh our front office actually requested that and to to have a later buy um since we were playing uh overseas early and we'd rather have a later buy according to um i think it was like mickey loomis himself said that so um at least we got what we wanted there but it definitely uh, could be a, a a tough stretch um for for the team but uh but yeah i mean a lot of really good opponents on paper um there's that that stretch in the middle uh is is pretty brutal um uh, really like, it's a ton of teams that made the playoffs last year i mean that's yeah, like october october and november um that's uh it really starts kind of middle of october we host the Bengals. i mean that's going to be um uh obviously we know all the lsu players that that they have and um that'll be a really uh spirited game in the dome um then we're out here at arizona um and so i'm excited that'll be actually the first saints game that i'll be attending um since 2019 i missed all of 2021 all of 2020 and uh, I think actually the last Saints game I saw was uh, Drew Brees uh, getting injured against the Rams in the Coliseum, uh, hurting his thumb. Oh yeah, um, we were both there for that. Yes, that was, we, uh, that was that a horrible was a, game. Yes, that was a, uh, one of the we worst. Drank a, we drank, we drank a, a lot, lot of White Claw. Yes, and said some pretty objectionable things to some Angelinos, and uh, yeah, wasn't a good time. But um, yeah, we were just walking. I know I was like walking around the quote unquote concourse, which is just outdoors, like in the sun at the, the Coliseum's a fucking dump. Um, and we were just walking around and I was just like loudly saying so fans could hear me like this place sucks. Like it's a fucking like cesspool dump. Yeah. And the the Angelinos like did not, uh, yeah. did not take well to that. I think they would have beat me to death if I was wearing a, a Giants jersey. Yeah, there were some 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 pretty uh, uncalled for things said um, by all parties that day, uh, and it just really grinds my gears that some of my my ops from uh, from that game um, were surely very happy when the Rams won the Super Bowl last season. So. Sucks. I hate it, but congrats to them, I suppose. But I'm not going to congratulate them. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a forced congratulations. I don't really mean it, but it's like congratulating Russia on invading the Ukraine. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. Very sarcastic. Yeah, but yeah. So we follow up our our our, our Thursday night football trip um, uh, here versus the Cardinals uh, with back to back games in the dome. Um, we got the Raiders and the Ravens, both of whom. Obviously, pretty talented teams. When we go to Pittsburgh. Um, they uh, they they missed the playoffs. Oh no, they made the playoffs last year, didn't they? Or did Big Ben make the playoffs? I don't even remember. But um, they've had a lot of change. Obviously, uh, they'll have a rookie QB, Kenny Pickett, probably. Um, but some really talented players in the defense, so that'll be a, a, a challenge. Um, then the back in the dome against the Rams. Ah, God, the defending champs. That'll be uh, that'll be tough, and then we're we, then we're we we go to the West Coast for the Niners, and then the East Coast for Monday Night Football 
for the Bucks. So um, that's a pretty tough like eight game stretch right there in the middle of our schedule. Um, at least on paper at this stage. And then, so, we, have, then we have a bye right after. The then, then, the then, then, then's our bye week. So um, hopefully we're, uh, and then the final four stretch of games. So that's, uh, that's 13 games going into the bye. And I mean, uh, hopefully we're, I mean, gosh, would love to be eight and four potentially uh, at, at that stretch, but um or no, my math is bad. Eight and five, maybe. But um, yeah, so we'll see. But uh, what are your thoughts? Um, okay, I want to get into some fun, some fun yeah. questions about the uh, the schedule. You know, what the people really care about mm-hmm. is what are the best and the worst potential road trips this year. Um, yeah, you know, and this. Uh, for you and I, you know, we're always like looking to travel for games. And so is Allison. It's always as adults, it's, it's a fun thing to do. Um, Allison, her pick for, um, the best road trip would be the Monday night football game in Raymond James stadium against the bucks. Um, the weather's probably going to be pretty good at that time of year. And, uh, you know, we own them. So you get to go to the beach, uh, Tampa's and St. Petersburg is a pretty fun, pretty fun area to visit. Uh, I've heard. And obviously we would get to see CJ Gardner Johnson spank his son, Tom Brady <laughs> on national television. Um, her second pick for best road trip was, uh, the Arizona game. Cause we would get to see you. Sean. Aww. Um, I, I'm a little disappointed. That's a Thursday night game because yeah. I really wanted to go. And because it's on a Thursday, that basically makes it impossible for me. Yeah, that's, that is unfortunate, but I, I am excited um, to go to that one though, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah. Carol, Caroline's already said that she's working on some, some good tickets for us, uh, through her network of business folks here in town. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be nice. And hopefully it's saints, uh, pull out the dub and I can act ignorant in front of all of my Arizona compatriots. What would be the, the road trip that you'd be looking most forward to? I, I think for me, it would have to be the Vikings game in London. I can't go cause it can't like take off a week and a half of work or whatever that it would require to travel across the pond from LA, which is like, adding five hours to whatever that trip would be from New York or New Orleans. Um, but I just like, I think if I went, I mean, the game would be exciting, but like, I want to see foggy London town, you know, I won't go to a pub and drink a pint of beer and that get some beer, bangers and mash. Beer makes you go wee. Um, um, and, uh, you know, you got to see Pinewood studios and, and the bond stage, the James Bond oh, stage and all that. Of shit. course. Yeah, shot Harry Potter and Bond and all that fun stuff and Star Wars. So I would say, yeah, I, I had written down um, that the the Vikings um, game. I mean, uh, going to England would be extremely cool, you know. But also beating the Vikings in England to avenge the ancient Britons from days of yore, um, from the after the Vikings <laughs> uh, conquested them. 
Um, I don't know, you know, man. Too soon. It's too soon to talk about. Too soon. Eric the Red, Viking Marauders. Um, yeah, I mean, we obviously hate the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and all of, all those weirdos over there. So, um, yeah, beating them internationally would be a pretty fun, pretty fun treat. But, I don't know um, if, if the casual Saints fan is aware of this, but Vikings fans despise us. Oh, yes. They hate, hate Saints. Us. Hate us with a they, passion of a thousand sons. Um, as you know, but the listener probably doesn't. One of my former roommates in LA was a diehard Vikings fan, and like even just like mentioning uh, the 2009 NFC Championship game, like sent him into like fits of rage. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, John, John Lennon, you know. He was a big Saints fan. He was a real big who that. It's fun to impersonate uh, the Beatles. Um, Anachronistic. He he got, he got, he he got, he got murdered. Um, But uh, yeah, so not to get too sentimental, but I mean, now since I've, I've moved away from New Orleans, the, the best road trip would be me going back to the Superdome. Right. Um, for any of these games. Um, I am embarrassed to say that I don't remember the last time I saw a Saints game in the Superdome. It was, it was the 28. Uh, oh, honestly, I, it was, I don't know if I made it back at all for the 2018 season. And I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I certainly remember the last game I worked for the Saints was, uh, Drew Brees's, um, uh, the the Washington game where he broke the records it was my last game when I was with the team. Uh, and then I moved out here like a week later, but um, I don't remember if I made it back in 2018. And uh, so yeah, man, like going to the, the dome to a game would be like an absolute treat for me. So yeah, um, yeah well, we will both probably be in New Orleans for the uh, the Seahawks game. That's right. That's right. Um, so that'll, that'll be the be. one. And there's really nothing. It sucks. There's really not a whole lot around the holidays. Um, although I will probably have the opportunity to go see them play in uh, San Francisco. But oh, that cool. is on the short list of like worst potential road trips. Right. San Francisco is an amazing city and it's a lot of fun. The 49ers don't play in San Francisco. They play in Santa Clara, which is right. like an, hour, like an hour and a half away. At least away. an hour yeah. north. Like, it's just going to be a fucking nightmare yeah. to like go. I'd rather just go to wine country. Well, so um, so yeah. So let's let's pivot into the worst road trips. Yeah. So Allison, uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> I think I feel like this is low hanging fruit, but the Cleveland the Cleveland game. I mean, you yes. have to spend. It's on uh, Christmas Eve, so you'd have to yes. spend Christmas in Cleveland watching um, the serial alleged serial diddler Deshaun Watson if he's even playing. Um, yes, and that game's going to be fucking freezing. It's going to be miserable, um, and it's Cleveland. Like, I guess you could go see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, and whatever like memorial they have memorial, whatever uh, whatever like tribute they have to Drew Carey. Uh, like what else would you have? What else are you going to do in Cleveland? Yeah, I'd prefer not to spend my Christmas Eve cozying up to Deshaun Watson under the the chestnuts on the fire. 
Um, yeah, that sounds miserable. Um, hopefully we win and beat them. Um, I, I had that as my worst road trip, uh, followed up by actually by the next week's game, which is New Year's Day in Philly. This will be the third year in a row that we've had to play at Philly, and they've smacked us the last two two seasons. Like for whatever reason, like Dennis Allen's defense crumbles against Jalen Hurts and the fucking Eagles offense. It's insane. They, I, for whatever reason, they have our number. I, I guess it's getting revenge for the 2006 playoffs and the uh, 2013 playoffs. And and then we didn't we also beat them in 27? Was it 2017 or 2018 too? Um, yeah, we beat them in it was the 2018. Well, it was in the year 2019, but the 2018 season. Yeah, the Eagles that was the that was the uh, yeah Marshawn Lattimore picked them off um yeah we played really poorly in that game yeah um, yeah i mean yeah we, yeah they were driving for for a game-winning field goal um we got definitely not lucky but uh but yeah for phillies had our number the last few seasons and for whatever reason we have to play there a third straight year um i don't know how that works out in terms of the scheduling math but philadelphia is a fun it's a fun city but uh i don't i wouldn't want to go there in january it's yeah really, yeah really yeah cold yeah, I, I was more maybe just talking about like from the football perspective, but also just, yeah, the fan perspective. I mean, obviously their fans have the reputation for being uh, pretty big assholes and it'll be uh, New Year's Day, so they'll all probably be all hungover and mean. So, um, yeah, that, that won't be a very fun game um, to be a fan of the Saints in the stands, I'm sure, but hopefully the Saints can, can win and uh, make it so three is not – charm um and uh yeah so yeah so i have an alternative pick um for the worst road trip and that is the season opener on mm. 9-11 in atlanta in the the butthole stadium um atlanta's all right i guess like it's i you know allison went to college there so i've been a few times and had fun but in 2008 we went um, and saw the Saints get their asses kicked um, in the Georgia Dome, mm -hmm. and it was a miserable experience. Um, like I, and I guess this is sort of like the thesis of this. My choice is that when you go to these away games, uh, you run the risk of talking mad shit to opposing fans, and then like having it like turn on you when you lose. And the Saints are one and eight yeah. against the Falcons on opening day. So like we could, who knows? I mean, the saints could go out there and just be horrible the first week under a new head coach and like a rejiggered coaching staff with all these new pieces and nobody gels. And we go out there and we fucking lose to Marcus Mariota or, or Ritter old man Ritter. Um, yeah. Like the, the, when, Oh God, this is so terrible. But, when we went to that game in 2008, we were, I, I don't even remember if we had really like said anything, but there was this like really annoying Falcons fans, like Bubba Sparks sounding like country bumpkin. who was sitting in the row behind us. And every time they did something, he would like lean in between like our heads and be like, base team, Falcons are a base team. 
and he just wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> so at the end of the game, <laughs> I turned around and said something to the effect of, I hope his uh, meth lab exploded with like him inside of it. Oh my God. <laughs> he, his response was, uh, he said, go back to Katrina. And we all looked at each other and we were like, what does that mean? So then we promptly went to the usher and told the woman that oh he was my making, God. making fun of us for being Katrina victims. And I'm pretty sure he got kicked out. Um, and then we promptly left because we didn't want to get our asses beat. But uh, yeah, sometimes these road trips, they can, uh, they can go sour. Um, yeah. It would be, it would be really unfortunate if you spent a lot of money to go to Atlanta and stayed in Buckhead ate a bunch of fancy food and then you went to this like sphincter stadium and the saints fucking lose week one yeah so speaking of sphincter stadium so yeah i had actually i mean i agree with everything you just said and i actually had listed um week one at the falcons as the famed random stinker game yeah for the saints like uh, i'm pretty like I'm really a little worried about uh, this this opening game. Like you said, new uh, new uh, coaching regime. Like Jameis coming off of his ACL, uh, Falcons will like opening on the road against your arch rival. Um, it definitely has some trappings of a pretty bad game. But now that I'm saying it, I feel like by definition, the random stinker has to be a game that you like aren't worried about and don't see coming. And so, so for all of my, all of my worry about this Falcons game, it seems it's pretty like legitimate worry and it might actually disqualify it from being the quote unquote random stinker game, potentially mind blown. Uh, Yeah. You're probably right. It's probably going to be like one of these Panthers games. Yeah. That was what I was like. Or like when the season gets going and, you know, we're five and two or something, we have a good record and we play yeah. some team is just sucking. <laughs> um, like, and they're like one and eight. We will lose that game. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's funny you said that <laughs> because actually now that I'm thinking about it, if, if the first Falcons game at Atlanta technically can't qualify as the potential random stinker, I'm, there I'm then envisioning a scenario where the saints actually are like survive that like mid season, October, November gauntlet that um, we, we just discussed and head into the bye week hot and have a strong record and then come out of the bye week to play the Falcons in the Superdome. And that could be the random stinker. Yep. I mean, it was just like that in, um, 2019 we lost to the falcons um the weekend of the lsu bama game and they were horrible and they Mm -hmm. just punched us in the mouth um so me and allison had the same pick for this um and it's the seahawks the seahawks game on, on october 9th for different reasons i mean hers were that you know we always seem to play them close and like it's gonna probably gonna seem like a game that we're gonna just destroy them in because their quarterback's either going to be Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Um, but we almost lost to Geno Smith last year. Like, we barely won that game in, in Seattle. Yeah. Fucking hurricane. Um, but my reasoning is that we will lose this game, despite how bad the Seahawks may be. 
because I'm going to it. <laughs> like, of course, the one game I get to go to, they'll probably look horrible. And that's exactly what happened last year when uh, the day of your sister's wedding, when I went to the Giants game and we were <laughs> up 12 points in oh, the fourth man. quarter and fucking lost in overtime. Like it's, it's going to be like just my luck, like that type of situation. Um, oh man. Well, I certainly hope you're wrong because that is that Seahawks game is probably going to be the only game I go to this year. Well, that's not true, but I'm going to the, the Atlanta game, but the only game in the dome that I'll go to this year potentially. So um, I really hope that's not the random stinker. Um, you mean the, the Cardinals game? Is that what you meant to say? Yeah, yeah, the Cardinals game. So, um, yeah. Um, okay, we need to wrap it up because Jakey's hungry. Do you have a Maker's Mark ad read? Yes, Maker's Mark is the fine American whiskey that is the preferred choice of defensive backs who are scared shitless of having to cover Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry all at once. So drink up, boys. It's Maker's Mark. All right. For Sean Haspel and Allison Whitlock, I'm Jacob Krasno. This has been Black and Gold BS, the Reverend Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Please like the podcast, subscribe to it, follow us on Twitter. Our handles are just at Jacob Krasno and at Sean Haspel. Leave us a review, do all the social media things. Um, and until next time, who dat? Who dat?